Happy New Year, and welcome back to Restless. I'm Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, and you have joined Lauren, Diane, and Joe us together in this new 2022 year. Well, actually, it's actually New Year's Eve, but coming up in 2022, we restlessly seek the face of God in the midst of this crazy and mixed-up year and world. World's what I meant to say, but boy, it has been a crazy year. How's your year been? Let's go over. This is our second New Year's Restless. It's kind of exciting. We've yeah, been doing this for was, a year and a half. Um, me, Diane, and yourself, we did the New Year's special last year. Did we? So welcome, Joe. So we got to talk about new stuff. You got to share your resolutions and possibly reveal in a year if you've kept them or not. That's right. Your <laughs> listeners will hold you accountable. I don't. Um, I don't resolve to do anything. I don't. I don't. I don't do. I don't really do New Year's resolutes. No. No. People you don't just figure that. you're perfect. You don't need to improve. Yeah. No. No. I mean, <laughs> it, I, I, to me, it's like a weirdly sort of secular way to do self. I don't. I, I just don't understand why why one waits till New Year's to try to self improve. I try it's to. True. You know. I don't know. So yeah. I, and I also don't think I don't think I would keep to it very well. So I try to. I take smaller measurements when I try to measure my own growth in a year. <laughs> I am curious. What What do you think of like the average? Like length of time that people keep a New Year's resolution, like two weeks. I would go past a month. Really, month and a half. Really, to two months. I think in the the fitness world, you know, the gyms are packed in all of January to mid February, right? Are they really? Yeah, I yeah. think so. That's so fun. That would never be my resolution. Well, well you are in good shape. Yeah, yeah I'm in good shape. <laughs> like I've never, I never think to do that. Yep. So how was your past year? If you look back on 2021, you know, how was it? What was, what's the highlights, lowlights? What's, what's been going on in your life? If you could say like the best moment, worst moment. If you don't want to share the worst moment, that's fine too. Who's ready? Father Joe, why don't you start? And, oh, you gosh. had some changes this year. I did, yeah. I mean, I got assigned to a new assignment and became kind of a pastor. It's called parochial administrator. I get, a, I get named pastor when I don't screw up for about nine months. Okay. How's that going so far? Uh, so six months in. There you go. <laughs> they haven't run me out of the rails. So that's been that's been a blessing. That's awesome. And you've adjusted well to this change from Stanford, and yeah, I, lo- I love a lot of aspects of it. I love being uh, out in nature. We have 17 acres on our property, and oh, wow. great community. Really nice, good folks. Good folks. I do miss some people in. St- I miss a lot of people in Stanford. I miss the young adult community because we don't have that out there. We missed you too. But you're still down here every week. Exactly, yeah. So I'm still, you know, connected to Stanford, teaching here at Cardinal Kong, which is the great blessing. So it's been, yeah, it's been a good year. What about you guys? I think for me, it's been, 2021 was a pretty great year. Uh, I mean, there were definitely lows, but as I reflect back on it, uh, there's a lot of new things that happened. So, for example, we're, um, we actually got the funding and the bishop's support for um starting a young Catholic professionals chapter here in Stanford. Um, so rather Fairfield County, um, Lauren and I had the opportunity to be accepted at this thing called Leonine forum, which is sort of, um, a year long course on Catholic social teaching and allows us to be part of like a greater Catholic community, I guess, not greater in the sense of like better, but like a um, (laughs) New York Metro larger, um, sort of they're in New York city, uh, Washington, DC, Um, So for me, that's exciting because I love just learning about the faith and then also growing in relationship with other people. Um, I think in our Stanford, like young adult Catholic community, there have been a lot of new people who have moved in and uh, we've just started, uh, been able to, after Father Joseph left, to keep things running, our faith on tap. We got a monthly young adult mass. Um, 
starting like men's and women's Bible studies and even sort of just like fellowship after the uh, Sunday mass that we go to of getting coffee with people, kind of just forming relationships. Uh, So it's been very exciting. There's a lot of new uh, events and people that I've met, and uh, it's really been a huge blessing, I think, this year to be more, especially at the end, more so immersed in our community. The Holy Spirit's definitely moving here in Stanford in this part of, part oh, yeah. of the diocese. It's really good, great to see. So many, so many young Catholic adults. So I would just encourage you uh, to, well, you know, uh, visit the Facebook page, uh, Stanford Catholic Young Adults. And um, I mean, you could always try to reach out to us if you want to be involved in the community, but it's really great. Um, and it's it's awesome to have people by your side as you're on this faith journey. Um, these are like true friends that you can go to for advice and just, you know, like there's a fun fellowship. It's yeah, just it's so just wholesome. Fun. Yeah. And you don't have to live in Stanford. I mean, how far do people travel? People, I mean, people come, I would say from an hour away. And like these people are, it's like people are on fire for Christ, but also so normal and so fun. And that can be rare in a young adult it community. so rare. <laughs> to find a normal one. Yeah. So God has really blessed yeah. us, I think, at this time. And um, yeah, just reflecting back on it, I realize how rare that is. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a good year for you. What about you, Lauren? Oh, I can relate to a lot of what Diane said. Um, It was an excellent year. And this podcast actually led me to ask Carmelina to become my roommate, um, which happened this year. And then I gained a new friend in my third roommate, Candice, and we have been having so much fun together. So that is, I think, the highlight of my year is living with these two awesome Catholic women who are really fun. And, um, all these events that Diane is talking about. Um, yeah, you left. We thought that was going to be the end, Father Joseph, but somehow there are even more events happening and I'm connecting with people in a way that I never have before. And um, a new thing for me is I'm singing now at the monthly young adult mass. Um, so I've never sung at mass before. But you have sung the national anthem. I have at several yes. games. I also did that two more times this year. Did you see? There you go. Yes. Every time I do it, I get better. So um, it's like a constant thing where I have to conquer my fear every time I do it, and it's pretty stressful. But um, no, like singing at the mass has been such a blessing because I love to sing, and it's a gift that I have, and so it's great to glorify God in that. Um, so yeah, so many highs. And then, you know, a year ago I didn't have a job, so I was employed in February of this year, which is good. That's been going very well. I did return to Ultimate. Um, the club season came back over the summer and I switched to a new team, a women's team out of Albany. And um, so in the, the years before COVID, I was always playing on the best team that I could. And it was mixed, so co-ed, and like making nationals, and those teams were trying to win nationals and playing with some phenomenal, you know, athletes and and men. But men dominate the game because it's mixed. Mm. Um, so switching to women's, I have a bigger role, and I'm like more experienced than a lot of people on that team. So it was a shift of helping others and teaching the game and really um, helping them grow in confidence, you know, and like composure because. The game, if you don't know it, can be a lot of really quick decisions and quick throws, and then you make a mistake, and then it's the other team has the disc. So it's a lot about composure and patience and confidence, and um, that was a lot of fun too. And I, I only just started playing indoor league again earlier this month because my local league does the vaccine-only thing with the mask. doesn't make sense, you but play a with lot of people do that. So yeah. hard. Yeah, so yeah, Ultimate came back. Um, 
Oh, I went on spiritual exercises again in June. That was definitely another great blessing. Got to spend time with Father Andy and his community and just went even deeper, I would say. You know, I you kind of look at it and you're like, do I need to do that again? Like I got so much out of it the first time, but I definitely got more out of it and grew spiritually. So mm. praise God. That's awesome. Lots of good things. That is a lot of, a lot of in really twenty positives. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, the highlight of my year was joining the Restless Podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, it was one, one must say. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, no, I mean, 2021 has been a, an all right year. Um, the, even the lows of this year, I think, have um, helped me grow in different ways and helped me grow closer to people, which is good. Um, I think that I have developed a lot personally this year. Right. So um, I guess it was my first full year working full time after college. Um, which was a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> it's hashtag sarcasm. Yeah. Um, but I mean, um, you know, I think I've grown sort of, like I said, personally, spiritually, um, intellectually in a lot of ways and um, have gotten better at handling my time and ordering my day and my life in the ways that I'd like to. So that's good. Um, and I mean, I've been graced with a lot of really great things uh, among them, like I said, this podcast, but also the ability to teach even more kids CCD, which I love doing so much and have, even though it's early in that, um, process for this year, I think that I've already, there are already kids who I think can be transformed by the process. And so I'm excited for that. So Praise God. 2021 has been, has been a, a reasonably good year. A reasonably, a reasonably good, good year. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you think about like the state of the world right now in, at the end of 2021? Cause I, I know at the end of 2020, like, gosh, that was like one of the craziest years with COVID and then the riots. And I mean, just madness. And we had, we had a presidential election that had become this, you know, flash pot. And I think I just made that word up. I'm not sure what that means. But, <laughs> and uh, are we in a better state in a world as a world right now? Joe's shaking his head. We are, no. we are in an indisputably worse state, and I fear for the future of the country. But do you really? Yeah, absolutely. But oh. uh, it's not mine to control. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I think I mean I'm I have been over the course of my life a bit of a political obsessive. That's what I studied in college. That's what I care a lot about. Um, but I think this year has also helped me realize that it's not healthy to obsess over politics much as I do, and to um, put so much of myself into it. And sort of so, um, yeah. So. A healthy detachment from the state of the world hmm. from because you know all we can do is pray for it yeah that's for sure i don't know from a priest's perspective it seems that um the hotter growing hotter and the colder going growing colder in terms of those who have faith in god and, and, the, and the godliness in our culture i think the, the battle lines are much more drawn now than they were maybe not last year but you know certainly several years ago I think there's a lot of people in the center who are just kind of like, yeah, I believe in God, whatever. But now there's now there's actual cost to following God a little bit more, I think, and and just the, the, how the culture has so much accepted atheism and you know, agnosticism, and that's what I see. I don't know. Yeah, I think this year I've been sort of with all of the kind of vaccine mandates that Lauren was kind of alluding to. I mean, even in New York, we go in for this Leonine Forum and uh, or there is a monthly young adult mass and, you know, all these restaurants and bars now require vaccine in order to get in. Um, so it's just it's kind of crazy to me that like in a world where you can and I'm not politically correct, so excuse me, but, um, <laughs> you know, like in a world and it's, it's been sort of a reflection over the past couple of months as these vaccine mandates have become uh, more extreme of like, 
you know, you in a world where you can choose your gender and you can choose like your pronouns and everything, you can't choose to get a vaccine. Um, yeah. It's just like the, it just seems that things are getting crazier and crazier in terms of like the priorities of what the society is saying is like this is a priority. But, you know, this is not it's it's crazy to me. Mm. Yeah, there's certainly that, I think essence but you know i think a lot of people because it's so starkly odd Mm -hmm. you know how the world has kind of kind of lost its mind in a lot of ways yeah i think people are starting to wake up to that reality that's true yeah i'm seeing people that that would never take a side or kind of like wait a second why is the government telling us this and that and Mm -hmm. and are we really losing our freedoms are we becoming totalitarian and i don't know joe looks like he wants to say something i'm trying to decide what i want to say i mean (laughs) i i just think that the last two years really have proven to me that we as a country and perhaps just as a culture have lost the ability to make distinctions and to think critically about things and to understand things past the surface level. And so like I'm speaking really, really vaguely, but like I, I, I just increasingly find conversations about anything related to politics exhausting because people are unable to understand where people come from or to understand that one thing might be alike to something else. In, in some ways, but not in others. and So nuance. And yeah. And, no and yeah. Um, and the COVID stuff is a good example. And there's just so much sloppy thinking. Um, and I just find, this is just, this is a, a personal point about it, but I find increasingly that I don't know who, like to whom I belong. Like, I don't know who my people are anymore because I hear people say things and I'm like, eh, and then I hear other people say the exact opposite thing. I'm like, eh, and I just don't know anymore. Um, and and I, I just, I, again, I think I've just, I think I have decided, and maybe this is fatalistic and not and not helpful as I ought to be. But um, I think I've I've realized that the the the, the problems we face as a society um, and as a church in some ways aren't being addressed in a way that I think they ought to be, and I don't think there's a structure that's going to allow them to be. And so I've and there's been some freedom to that because it's sort of removed me removed from me the obligation to like <laughs> worry about it too much because like well I don't think some of these things are going to be fixed in the next couple of years, um, and mm-hmm. so all I can do is sort of like. But I also think sometimes that we worry about politics as a way to avoid our own responsibility for the things we can't control. And so I'm trying to control the things I can't control. And what I've realized is like, I can worry all I want about high church politics or about American politics, but I can also just try to bring five kids to Christ this year. Yeah. And like one of those things is going to, one of those things is possible. And one of those things will make a difference. And the other one is worrying about high church politics and American politics. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I think the media would have us believe that we're polarized as a country. But I think in a lot of ways, we're not as polarized as the media would want us to believe. Because I think there's a lot of people in the center ground who are kind of like, all right, mm-hmm. I see I see both sides. And, you know, part of that social media. Anyway, that's getting us way off the topic. <laughs> but it actually is a good reflection, I think, on the state of the world right now, which is uh, indeed in chaos, but Christ is king of history. So for you personally, are you closer to the Lord now than you were last new year's eve since we're kind of doing a year end review yes i think so not in the way that i planned to be though um because i think initially set out i believe i i can't remember what i said last year but i you were starting spiritual direction at that time yeah i remember that that's pretty Mm -hmm. good memory that's yeah yeah, i guess i did stick to that uh i said that i was going to do bible in a year and i fell off after maybe two months um so fell off that boat but I think my lived experience of some of the suffering that I went through this year was a, a spiritual lesson that I wasn't anticipating, I guess, enduring um, and mm. sort of going into, entering into. But it's been something that I think that when you ask God sort of like 
you know, what what do I need to work on? Like, how can I grow, like grow in love of you and leave it open? Which I, I, I think I did starting at the beginning of last year. Um, I didn't have to go finding ways to figure that out. You know, it wasn't opening a book and being like, how do I love the Lord more? And how do I, you know, like, what do I need to work on? He made it very apparent to me through some of the things that happened, which looking back, I was, you know, some of them were quite devastating at the time. But uh, I think I learned a lot about myself, a lot about the things that I needed to work on in terms of my relationship with the Lord of like, basically uniting my will to his and sort of like not loving God for who God is as opposed to like what he gives me. Mm. Um, So I think a purification of love and I don't think I could have learned that lesson except by going through some of the things that I went through and I'm not perfect at it for sure. But I think the for me, the surrender of circumstances that I don't understand at the end of the day, you just have to have the faith that, that God, you know, he he does want us to be happy and he knows what's best for our salvation and um through the circumstances of our lives he's forming us shaping us purifying us and um you know like ultimately Christ is king and so you you kind of have to let yourself be led by that um and you know love love what he's given you but also like be in the present moment right and not like totally just um yeah, dwell on on all of those things because like there is a reason for it. We may not understand the reason, but yeah, it's been a really good year of learning those lessons. Wow, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Yeah, I, I am definitely closer to the Lord this uh, now than I was a year ago, and I should have mentioned the Bible in your podcast among the graces from this year because it really has been a, a tremendous grace to me. Um, I, I have definitely felt myself grow closer to the Lord and become a more maybe spiritually mature person, and I have learned things about myself through prayer and through, you know, things going wrong this year that uh, I'm glad that I've learned and that I think will um, lead to me fulfilling my baptismal vocation in whatever way the Lord sees fit. So um, I'm happy for that. And yeah, I think it's been a good year for that. Um, Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I mean, as long as you get to the end of the year and you can say, yeah, I'm closer to the Lord, that's been a successful year, no matter what else has happened. Yeah, I can relate. I I feel like I'm just like repeating, but uh, I think I've spiritually matured. Like a- during 2020, my first retreat. After that, I just wanted to grow in knowledge. I just needed to know more and more and more and more and more. And it was just podcasts all the time, Scott Hahn and and different things. And I've kind of not done that as much this year. Um, it hasn't been my focus. Um, the second retreat really did help me dive deeper. And like the root of it was, um, actually knowing that I am loved by God as his beloved daughter. Like I knew that intellectually and logically before, but I didn't believe it because it was, how could God love me when he's God? He's so infinite and I'm not worthy. Um, so I did have this breakthrough of like, wow, that's like the root of a lot of things that I maybe were struggling with and I didn't realize. And um, it's just, there's like a lot of freedom, I guess, once you like break that, like I don't need, um, like my worth doesn't come from what anyone thinks of me or anything I do or Mm. accomplish. So like having that change really um, improved, I guess, just so many things, like how I live and how I think about things and what I do and just trying to serve God, you know, and all these things that I'm doing now, like, you know, not singing at this young adult mass so that people can tell me that I'm a great singer or like that, you know, people are looking at me, but just to do it to praise God, you know, and have that be the focus. So. Sure. Sure. 
Amen to that. How about you, Father Joseph? You know, as, as I'm hearing you all speak, I'm, t- truth be told, my thoughts are kind of like, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I don't really know if I'm closer to the Lord now than I was before. I mean, I don't think I'm further, mm-hmm. so that's a good thing. Yeah. But I like what you guys are saying about like like maturing in the faith, because even as a priest, my goodness, I mean, when I look back at five years ago or 10 years ago, like where I was in my faith, um, it's definitely a lot deeper. You know, and part of it is just as you grow older, you see God fulfilling his promises to you. And you, you grow in the fact, you grow in the virtue of perseverance in the faith. And to say, okay, I've you know, been following the Lord for 16 years instead of 15 years. I mean, that's, that's actually a really big step to say, I have another year under my belt of like, just kind of experiencing the Lord's ways, how he works and, and kind of the rough edges he's trying to smooth off on us. Oh yeah. Like so. purification, right? Like growing in virtue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, for me, my virtue, I think, lately has been charity, just love more and, and accept people for who they are and not be so impatient, like, and, and I can see it, you know, when I interact with certain people and things that, you know, irritate me, and it's like, this is a chance, you know, to act in charity, and it's not always easy. Yeah. I remember one time I was just joking around with some youth group kids, and I just joking around with one of them, and I said, you know, what, do you think I'm holy? And he said... You're not as holy as you should be. And I thought that was actually a really perceptive answer. I was like, that's actually really true, you know, because we think kind of like, even now at the end of 2021, we're like, well, that's good. You know, I'm in a good place, right? But next year, we're going to look back and be like, wow, I I have so much further to go. You know, I hope next year we're Mm -hmm. still on the same path and growing closer to the Lord. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing to keep in mind in the spiritual life. It's like, you've never made it. (laughs) There's always another level to go to, so you can't settle. But to our listeners, too, I mean, don't be discouraged by these stories of triumph that we just shared, you know? Like, I mean, there's a lot of ups and downs, I think, in the spiritual life. I've definitely had my periods of desolation during the year, um, and God is working through all of that, but... Yeah, really, the only down is just abandoning Him. Yeah. You know, turning Mm -hmm. your back on God. Mm Mm-hmm. Even if you're, even if you feel like, oh, I didn't grow, but I mean, you persevered, mm-hmm. you suffered, you struggled, that's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact, like when you feel so down, I think the biggest thing for me was like just praying for greater faith, hope, and love. I mean, he's always going to give us, you know, we, we can't treat him like a vending machine, but I know for any spiritual good that you ask for, like God is always going to receive and grant that request. You know, I mean, it might not happen overnight, but he's always giving the grace um, and I think in your weakness and in, in realizing that, like, I'm, like Lauren said, not worthy, um, I feel like I can't, I can't do this on my own. Like, that's, that's like all God needs, you know, like that yeah. invitation to come <laughs> in. And then it's amazing to see what he does in those moments of weakness. Like, for me, that those moments of weakness have been such, especially this year, have been such an opportunity to be like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle myself and just to like to give that to him mm. and see him like immediately come in, you know? Um it's amazing because you think you have to like have everything together and uh you know, have this nice like presentation of, you know, here's the state of my soul and all that. It's like no, he just wants to come in. Yeah. That might be one thing God has been teaching me this past year, is, you know, becoming a a pastor like, you know, and his taught me a lot about surrendering control. Yeah. Because, you know, you think, oh, the pastor's in charge. There's actually so much the pastor's not in charge of because you don't want to come in and be a tyrant. You know, you have to work with people, compromise, and sometimes patiently wait for something that's wrong to be corrected in a couple of years when people kind of get to know you or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that surrender, just be like, Lord, this is like fingernails down a chalkboard when I hear this guitarist playing and he's hitting all the wrong notes and I want to fire him so badly, but 
I have to sit and wait and just, you know, it's out of my control. And it's, I mean, there's a freedom in that. Oh, yeah. Knowing that, like, especially even with your life of, like, plans that you have for your future and your vocation or whatever, it's like there is something freeing of just being like, you know what, Lord, I've done everything I think that I can. Now it's in your hands, you know? Like, it is... um, so looking to the future, 2022, what are your goals? We only have five minutes left on the show, but I, I want to hear what you what you're hope to accomplish or do, or whether it's professionally or spiritually or socially in 2022. I know Diane and I were just talking beforehand. We want to do this uh, crazy off-the-beaten-path pilgrimage to Italy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where we go visit these tiny towns and see saints we've never heard of and yeah. go hiking every day. That would- sounds amazing. Get a group of young adults to do that. Yeah. yeah, never been to Italy, so that's been on my list for years. Well, Lauren. Okay, you're invited. Come, come yeah. join us. Joe, come join us. We'll do some live recording from Assisi or something like that. That's oh. a good idea. I would like to run a marathon. Nice. I feel like this is the year. Targeting the Brooklyn Marathon in April. Okay. See if that happens. It's on Divine Mercy Sunday, which is my favorite day of the year. Ah. So that's the one thing that's holding me back. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so. They don't I really don't... have Saturday marathons too often. No, it's mostly Sunday, so. But That's that why would I don't be great. I feel run like marathons. Yeah, <laughs> kind of busy. Oh, is that the reason, Joe? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> your devotion to our Lord. I'm sure. I'm too pious for that. That's fine. <laughs> Joe, what are your goals for 2022? Um, so I think that the aforementioned Bible in the Year podcast has given has sort of broken the barrier that I felt existed between myself and the scriptures, and that's been good. And I want to grow in that more. So by really diving into um, some of the epistles and some of the Old Testament. And also, I want to really familiarize myself with some of the core church documents so that I can really understand the faith in a, in a more complete way. So, you know, um, part of what I've done this year, I think, is gotten a better grasp on, like, okay, I need to actually spend time reading throughout the day and, like, so I'm praying throughout the day. So that's, I think, I have a foundation that will serve me well if I, you know, allow it to and use it to um, to sort of grow more in that, in that way. Um, yeah. Cool. That's awesome. I don't know about concrete goals. I mean, I was thinking about this, like, resolutions. Um, A hard one that I will not be able to keep would be to do the 30 minutes of silent prayer every day. But at this point, I'm, like, been pushing it off for, like, almost two years now. (laughs) So, yeah, trying to make time for silence every day. And then uh, a resolution I, I thought of was to be better at being on time or early, because I almost have this anxiety about being early somewhere, like I'm going to have to wait or it'll be boring. So I like to time things to get there right when it's supposed to start. But then I won't consider traffic, mm. you know, or something that may happen or someone talks to me as I'm trying to get out the door. And so it's like, just be early, you know, it is okay. Yeah. And something good may happen by being early. So that's something I want to get over. Joe is nodding because in all the, the, the <laughs> episodes we've recorded, that seems to be a theme is that Joe is on time and can't stand late people. On time doesn't exist. Late lasts forever. Early is the only way to be somewhere on time. <laughs> and if you're if, if, if you if you're late, people, you cause people anxiety and they just don't want to tell you. Does this come from PSA? your karate background? Is that like the discipline of like? No, no. Martial arts are the worst. The absolute worst. Oh, really? I was. Yeah. The only reason parents liked me, I think, was because I would end class. Some, some something close to on time as opposed to half an hour late. <laughs> I just I just hate being late to things. It gives me I I have insane anxiety if I'm running late to things, even if they don't matter. Like sometimes sometimes I have to be like Joe, like it's your dinner invitation. It's like it's your dinner thing you scheduled. If you're five minutes late, nobody cares. They're not even gonna be there. It's fine. But I'm like no, seven o'clock is seven. So something I when, need to grow on patience. <laughs> when, when we had this restless party a couple weeks ago, 
I was I got there on time and I was the only one there and it was so awkward. And then Joe showed up. Well, I and we were there, the only two there but for an I hour and a half for like, for like an time. hour. And, and then, I like, came from work came. with traffic. So that you know, I can't do anything about that. But I was there, right. I think, pretty close. I was like the third. May, you may have been third. I think I don't it was know. the third. I was starving. There are other I was like, times let's eat pizza. Come on. What I'm talking about is like when I'm like, oh, I got to be here, like be there in an hour. So I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And then, and then before I know it, it's like I wasted time to like not be on time. Mm. It's like just get ready, be on time, and it's okay to be a little early. You'll make, people like Joe will really appreciate it. That's encouraged. Yes, you'll make a future husband very happy. <laughs> that's, that's men's constant complaint about women. It's true. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm not married, so... So last question, what do you usually do for New Year's Eve? And are, you know, what are, what are your plans this year for New Year's Eve, New Year's Day? Any plans? I mean, in the past, we've asked priests to say Midnight Mass so that we were starting the oh, new no. year with don't, Mass. Don't look at me like that, oh, Diane. <laughs> but if I've that, got two new priests at your parish. Yeah, this is true, but they probably don't stay up till midnight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, right. honestly, I've talked to a few of my girlfriends and we'll probably just get together and have a chill night of food and wine and fun. Nice. Um, yeah. I like to party, so... <laughs> That's my New Year's Eve plan. And then New Year's Day is always with family. Ravioli from Arthur Ave. Oh, nice. Typically. Typically, though, that's our, our tradition. Yeah. I, I don't usually do anything on New Year's Eve because I'm an intensely boring person. And so I usually go to bed early and don't stay up till midnight and then go to Mass the next day, as one is obligated to do by Holy Mother Church. <laughs> so I do that. <laughs> yes, don't forget, tomorrow is a Holy Day of Obligation. Yes, indeed. Um, also, just because, yeah, I don't know. I just New Year's Eve always strikes me as one of those holidays that people like feel a pressure to enjoy. I just don't ever end up having plans, and I'm kind of okay with that because mm. I like to go to bed early. So Yeah, me too. Me too. 10 p.m. is usually good enough. I mean, you see one ball drop, you see them all. 2022 is going to look just like 2021. Oh God, let's hope not. I mean, because we don't want COVID in 2022, can't we? It's going to be a year older, more gray hair. It's all good. <laughs> and one year closer to eternity. That's yeah. the goal. Amen. So first of all, Happy New Year. And thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Restless. Whatever you do, make this new year a time of growing closer to the Lord. And all we have to do is just surrender. Our weaknesses, our experiences, everything the Lord throws at us is for His glory and for our sanctification. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 AM, and wherever you get your podcasts. Happy New Year.